<laughs> well, praise the Lord. If I die and go beyond the curtain of time and somebody hands me a microphone, I never made it to heaven. I just <laughs> But we, we just came from the BYC youth camp and just a tremendous time up there, a move of the Lord. And uh, they still got a service tonight and two tomorrow and then the camp will be ended. So just remember that. But seeing the Lord do some great things among the young people, seeing young men delivered of pornography, people delivered of migraine headaches and uh, just people giving their heart to the Lord and being saved. It's just a, a wonderful time in the Lord up there and the ever service to children in the altar crying out to God and uh, you know, not, not so much wildfire, but just a good anointing moving among the people. And I just really enjoyed being there. So just remember them in prayer. Brother Andrew Glover's preaching tonight. Brother Samuel Browning in the morning, I think. And just a wonderful time there in the Lord up there this week. And then Brother Donnie also, which I heard the brother announce. But remember, the service starts back Saturday night. And we desire your prayers as we head up towards uh, Pennsylvania for this weekend. So may the Lord richly bless you. If you have your Bibles, turn with us this evening to the book of Mark. We're going to learn turn to Mark chapter 5 starting at verse 1 kind of an honor to come and be with you once again still dealing with a broke toe I fell down the steps just about killed myself and my toe still don't work good so if you got nothing else to pray for pray for my toe it's just oh my we was going to do a little hike and I went to down to the basement to get a cooler and stepped on a can of cat food and oh my I, I cried like a baby. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And I had a hat on and it fell off of my head and I was laying down there and Jessica hollered out, Mom, Dad's fell down in the basement. I think he's killed himself. And <laughs> Cheryl come. On the hat it said, born to fly. <laughs> 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 oh, she said, she said, you're going to have to get you one that says born to land. <laughs> so we certainly flew down the steps. <laughs> uh, so, so it still pains me just a little bit. So we'd appreciate you. I appreciate it. I made myself laugh. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Woo. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. May the Lord bless you this evening. And they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man can bind him, no, not with chains. Because he had been often bound with feathers and, and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the feathers broken in pieces and neither could any man tame him. They tried to make a denomination out of him, but that didn't work. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. He had the right attitude. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. 
Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us unto the swine that we may enter unto them. Because you see, the prophet of God said, A demon is powerless unless he has a body to operate in. So they didn't want to be powerless. They wanted to go into the swine. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the, the sea. And there were about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And when they come to Jesus and seen him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. Verse 17. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship that he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Now listen to this quote. The prophet said the people thought that it would cost them some hogs if they would have a revival. So they had him to leave the land. And he always goes away when he's not wanted. So he turned back again into his own country. He always goes away when he's not wanted. Let us bow our heads. I want to speak to you this evening for just a few minutes on you ask him to leave. You ask him to leave. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this evening for the privilege to gather here in your name. And Lord, we want to thank you for the blessings in life that you've given us, Lord. And we want to thank you for the opportunity that's been given to us to serve you, Lord. And I, I pray tonight, God, Lord, if there'd be some among us here, Lord, that are sick, maybe they're battling a difficulty or situation, may your spirit come tonight, Lord, and deliver them, we pray. The Lord, that when we leave the building, may our hearts burn within us because you have met with us, Lord. And Father, we're not asking you to do something contrary to your word, for you told us in your word, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in their midst. So, Lord, we don't want to turn you away tonight, but we welcome you, Father. We welcome you into every heart, Lord, into every life. May you have preeminence, we pray. And, Lord, we ask your blessings tonight upon the camp, Lord, and those laboring there. May you move in a great way among our young people, Father. Lord, through the years, we've seen some of them there, dear God, that shouted and ran the aisles and had to be packed out, and yet they don't even serve you no more. God, I pray that they wouldn't just get a shout, dear God, or an emotion. But, Father, may they get that anchor in their souls, Lord, that'll keep them in the times of great storms. Lord, bless you, children, tonight we pray. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. You know, brother, sister, this past weekend, we, we, uh, our nation celebrated our independence from England. 
And we honored the day of the 4th of July as the day that the Declaration of Independence was adopted and that we became a free nation. Now, Thomas Jefferson writing out the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson made this statement. He said, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But when Jefferson drafted up these words, it wasn't written that man could or would achieve this outside the word of God. But Jefferson was actually saying that these rights of life and liberty and happiness could only come through our God-given rights as Christians. That life and liberty and happiness could only be achieved through the pursuit of godliness that lays within the word of God. You see, we cherish freedom, don't we cherish it? That we can come together in a free country and worship God in freedom. But how different it is today than it was in 1776. You see, we have become a nation so free that it has actually become a nation of bondage. Bound by its own laws that were passed to protect our freedom. Our freedom of speech, our freedom of expression, our freedom to pursue happiness. These are great freedoms that should not be taken lightly, nor should they be abused. Amen. A many a good man died on the battlefield to give us these rights. Amen. But these great freedoms, they have been taken to a level by our lawmakers. In our pursuit of freedom, we have become a nation that's lost its accountability. They have rubbed out the line between right and wrong. Between morals and corruptions. You see, true freedom will never come from a bunch of laws passed by corrupt politicians. I was listening to the radio and they were asking different ones, what does it mean to be an American? To live in America. What does it mean to be an American and live in America? And four out of seven, you know what they said? It means that I can do what I want to do. But I say to you tonight, that is not true freedom. True freedom can only come by the word of God. For the Bible says, whom the Son hath made free is free indeed. Amen. Freedom is not the absence of rules and guidelines. Well, I can do what I want. I can live the way I want to live. That's not freedom. Freedom is not the absence of order. That's chaos. America today, they are declaring their constitutional rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's the American dream that can be obtained in a land of free, to live the way they want to live, to, to love who they want to love, to marry who they want to marry, to do what they want to do, to live their lives the way that they want to do. That's this nation. That's their ideal of freedom. But those thoughts leads to a godless society. Amen. They say we can govern ourselves. We can make the choices that's best for us. Free thinkers without conviction. 
We're free. We're Americans. We can do what we want to do. If I don't want to be a man, I can be a woman. I have the freedom to do that. That's their idea of thinking without conviction. We don't need God in our schools. We don't need God in our government. We don't need God on our money. Our forefathers, how different it is from them who desired independence, the right to be free, but not from God. They wanted to be independent from England so they could be dependent on God. Amen. The congressman woman down in Missouri said that they left England to come to America because England wanted to do away with slavery. So they came over here so they could have slavery. That's a lie. They left England not for slavery. They left it for religious freedom. That they could establish a country that God could have the preeminence in that nation. That was our forefathers. Hallelujah. Not to be independent from God, but to be independent from above, from England. That they could be dependent upon God. The nation desires to be independent has brought it to a place today that they no longer want to be dependent upon God. Amen. You say, brother, are you talking about America? Yes. Do you love this country? Yes, I love it. I was willing to give my life for it. As a young boy, these brothers sitting here that served in the military, we signed our name on the line, willing to give our life for this nation. And I stood out in Sedona, Arizona the other day, looking out over those mountains, and I wept before God. I said, God, you gave us such a beautiful nation, but what have we done with it? They come to their ideal of independence. Not dependent, it means not dependent, not subject to control by others. Not requiring or relying on something or someone else. Refusing to accept help or for to be under the obligation. Not requiring or relying on others. You say man's ignorance to think that he can make it on his own. He don't need God, they say. Take him out of school. Take him out of the government. Separate the government from religion. Don't mention God in prayer no more. We don't want God. They, not long ago when Congress met and they tried to issue in some things, they said, we don't want God in on this. God's got nothing to do with our government. Take him off the money. Take him out of the government. Take him out of the schools. Amen. You see where man has fallen from. Man's fallen nature and his own thinking has brought him to this place. You see, God has always wanted to lead man, but man always wants to lead himself. And anytime we get in trouble with God, it's because we reject his leadership and take our own. Amen. That's preachers and all of us. That's all of us. When we get in trouble with God, nine times out of ten, it's because we reject his leadership. God's always wanted to lead man. But man wants to lead himself. And man's thinking has brought him to this place that we find our nation today a godless society. 
the Bible says in the book of Psalms that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Violence in our streets. We have become, how rapidly have we became a lawless nation? We live in a country now where the crook is right and the cop is wrong. Violence in the street, looting, robbing, raping, killing, shooting. In our schools, road rage. Killing, driving down the highway, people killing each other because somebody cut them off. Somebody violated their rights. Let me tell you, America, outside of Christ, you have no rights. Satan has robbed you and blinded you and imprisoned you. Amen. This is not a free nation. This is a nation bound under demon possession. Amen, brother. Now preach, I think I will. Amen. Violence in the land. Robbing, killing, shooting, road rage, school rage, shootings in schools. Over the weekend, July the 4th, when we were celebrating 245 years of America. New York and Chicago, over 100 people shot. Six, uh, 14 killed in Chicago. Six killed in New York. In Florida, a rising football star was killed with 50 bullets shot through the door of his car. Memphis, Tennessee, a man was arrested for trying to run over a cop standing on the sidewalk. Violence. Violence. But they're free. Free. If I want to burn a building, I'm free to do it. I'm an American. I can express myself. I have a right. Come on, somebody. That's their thinking. No morals, no obligations. No accountability. And then they want to know, where is God? Why would God allow these things to happen? But I want to say to this nation, he didn't cause this tragedy. He didn't cause this tragedy in our school. He didn't cause this tragedy in our streets. He didn't cause this tragedy in our nation. He wasn't there, America. You ask him to leave. Amen. Don't blame it on God. You turned him out of school. You turned him out of the government. You didn't want him in the streets. He didn't cause this tragedy. He wasn't there. You ask him to leave. Just like these hog raisers. When Jesus come to their city, he come to bring healing. He come to bring deliverance. He come to bring peace and joy. He come to rid the city of demons. That's what he come to do. If they would have embraced him and welcomed him, they could have brought out all their sick. All their sick would have been healed. They could have had a great cleansing in their city. They could have had a great revival in their city. And the whole city could have turned to Christ. If they would have only made Christ their focal point. And let me say, if you will only make Christ your focal point. You can live a lot closer to him. 
The message is not just head knowledge. It's got to be in our souls. The hour has come. It's not enough to believe the message. We must apply the token. The life of Christ must be on display in every one of our lives. If they would have made him the focal point. If they would have made him the example. Abraham said that these ambitions today, if they'd have took Christ as their example, listen to this. If they took Christ as their example, we could fire every police there was in the nation. There is a way to defund the police. But it's not so they can burn more buildings. It's because everybody gets their heart right with God. If this nation was to turn to God and everyone got their heart right and everyone made Christ as their example, we would need no police. We could fire every policeman in this nation. Everybody would be meek and humble. (laughs) Everybody would be kind and have brotherly love for one another. There would never be a divorce case ever pled in our country. There would never be any sickness. We could even dismiss hospitals. If everybody tried to make Jesus Christ as their example, we wouldn't have need of nothing. If everyone made Christ as their example, this nation could truly be a free nation. Free of violence, free of rage. Free of selfishness and arrogance. Come on, somebody, help me tonight. If everyone made Christ as their example, but we know everybody in America will not do it. But what a state this would be if the state of Tennessee, if everybody in the state of Tennessee made Christ as their example. What a state this would be. But we know not everybody will. But if Elizabeth or Johnson City, what a city it would be. They could take all the cameras out of the health aisles. Because there'd be nobody trying to steal the shampoo. Which I don't know why you want to steal shampoo anyway. You go to get shampoo and your own camera. But they wouldn't have to have that if everybody in Johnson City, if everybody in Elizabeth. But we know. It'll not be that way. Not everybody in John City will. Not everybody in Elizabeth will. But what if everybody in this church made Christ as their example? What a church we would have. There'd be no sick among us. There'd, There'd be no conflicts among us. There'd be no hurt feelings among us. There'd be no cliques among us. But how beautiful that sounds. We know in every congregation there's three kinds of believers. It'll never be that way. But wouldn't it be nice if you made him your example? Wouldn't it be nice if I made him my example? And I lived my life the way he lived it. When the prophet of God said eternal life is living your life for others, he said you may do good for people, that's fine. But as long as you live for yourself, you're still living a selfish life. Eternal life is living your life for others. Oh, God 
give us that in our hearts, Lord, that we're willing to lay down our lives, not for the people that'll cook us something to eat, not for somebody that'll be kind to us, but let us have the love of God in our life in such a place that those who hate us and those who try to kill us, that we would still be willing to lay our lives down for them because that's what he did for us. When we were ranked sinners, he laid his life down for me. Hallelujah. He became Barabbas so that Barabbas could become him. Amen. These people, they felt more at home with the hogs and the devils than they did with Jesus. And when the maniac was healed and those devils went out into some of the hogs, about 2,000 hogs were drowned and they come out because it's going to cost them something to have a revival. And they asked Jesus to leave their country. He could have brought healing. He could have brought deliverance. He could have brought peace and joy and assurance and kindness and meekness. But they didn't want that. It's going to cost them too much. It cost too much. It was just too much of a sacrifice to lose a little bit of money. And they asked him to leave. What would this nation be, friends? The prophet said we wouldn't even have a need of an army if they would have accepted the gift that God sent to this nation. Nobody would have dared picked on us. For would have fought our battles for us. But they rejected him. They didn't want him. Prophet of God said in 1956, I predict the Michael either receive or reject Jesus Christ. And in 1957 in Chicago, he said something like this, America has rejected Jesus Christ. I don't even pray for it anymore. Before I was ever born, this nation had already turned its back on God. Amen. They asked him to leave. They felt more at home with hogs. They would rather have their hogs than Jesus. Oh, God. They'd rather have Hollywood. They'd rather have a Hollywood, some kind of religious Hollywood, something or another, than the old-fashioned, sin-killing, sky-blue gospel. They said, leave our country. Get out. We don't want you here. We don't want you healing the sick. We don't want you doing that discernment. We don't want none of that around here. We want to live the way we want to live and do what we want to do. Tell me how to live. I'll live the way I want to live. Just get out of my country. We don't want you here. You're not welcome. Can you imagine saying that to the Lord Jesus? Well, you might as well get used to it. Because as they've done it to the groom, they will do it to the bride. The last rejection of Christ will be his bride when they turn their back on us. Well, uh, amen. Same word speaks for the groom, speaks also for the bride, friends. Huh? Think about that, friends. You're too much of a spiritualist. 
We can't stand that. You're going to get the people healed around here. Well, you're, 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 you'll dry up all the beer joints. There won't be nobody buying dope no more. There won't be nobody shooting up no more. We don't want that around here. We might lose money. Crazy. They would rather have that, crime in the streets, rape, kill, and shooting. They would rather have that than a God who would lead their nation, a God who would heal their nation, a God who would take those things out of the people's lives and make them kind and sweet and humble and Christ-like. And they would rather have that than this. Give us Barabbas. What has this man done? He's done nothing but good, but they cried out for his blood. What shall I do with Jesus called the Christ? Crucify him. Give us Barabbas. Give us Barabbas. Leave our country. You're going to get the people around here. You're going to get the people healed around here. Such stuff as that. Get out of our country. They ask him to leave. They ask Jesus to leave their city. You're not welcome. We don't want your kind around here. And he never stays. Oh, God. He never stays where he's not welcome. So he went back to his country. Oh, and I say that to say this. America, what have you done? America, what have you done? You have refused Christ as their God. They have rejected Christ as their God and received a woman, the prophet said, as their God. It's awful, but that's an American candidate. You precious people from Canada. If America keeps going on, Canada will be as low down as America after a while. That after a while has got here, friends. Huh? Get around the borders of Canada anywhere. You got the American atmosphere. This America is the prostitute of nations. That's exactly what she is. She's going to be worse than ever now. She's coming to her end. The Bible speaks of her doom and tells how she's going to be. America, low down, rotten, filthy, no good. That's exactly right. That hurts to say that. I love this nation. But what has it become? Brother Fred, it's not the America we knew as boys. Our children will never know the America that we knew, Brother Sam. They burn our flag. They won't even stand for the national anthem. My wife said today, not even knowing what I was going to preach, but she was sitting there talking to me. She said, America. She said, we might as well live in another country. I don't even know America anymore. Home of the brave. She's been a great nation. She's been a great nation. She's carried the gospel message. What makes her the way she is is because she's turned down the gospel message and rejected the truth. She's horrible. She's got it coming. Don't worry. I've seen it in a vision. As thus saith the Lord, it's coming. 
America will face judgment for rejecting this message. And let me tell you, anybody that walks away from this message will face the judgment of God. Amen. Amen. Hear me, friends. Hallelujah. God always sends mercy. He always sends grace before judgment. And when they reject the message of grace, there's nothing left but judgment. I've seen it in a vision. Thus saith the Lord it's coming. She's going to pay for her sins. Back when America was America, she was a great nation, the greatest that the world's ever known since Israel was America. But she sure has polluted herself now. She's rejected the message. She's took nothing, but she's got herself now. You can see where she's at now. Everybody knows that. In this last election, it shows her spiritual standing. The election shows. Look at who they elect. It'll show you their spiritual standing. And then the prophet says this, she doesn't know. Blind, wretched, naked, poor. And doesn't even know it. Tonight in America, I feel the Holy Spirit crying out, America, America, how off would the Holy Spirit have given you a real outpouring of a revival? How he would have gathered you and held you in safety. But I believe you didn't understand the day of your visitation. You scorned the prophets. You called them fanatics. You put them in jail. Oh, how off I would have took you. I would have took you under my wings. I would have kept you safe. You love the things of the world more than you love the things of God. Oh, America. America. Then there's nothing left but divine judgment has to fall. A separation from God. These people thought it would cost them some hogs if they would have a revival. So they had him to leave their land and he always goes away when he's not wanted. So he turned back again to his own country. You see, he will come anywhere he's invited. Do you hear me? He will come anywhere where he's invited, but he will only stay where he's welcome. This season of America, she celebrates her independence. They don't need God. They've asked him to leave. That's the condition of this nation today. Oh, it grips my heart to even say those things. As I was putting these things together today, I, I sat there in the chair and I wept because I love this nation. But she asked She asked him to leave. America asked him to leave. If that was the end of the story, it would be so sad. If that was the end right now, how we would go home so heavy hearted. 
But oh, that's just half the story. And now for the rest of the story. I'm so happy. I am so happy to be gathered here tonight with the people who walk to a different drumbeat. Who hears a different voice. We are a people who have been called not to celebrate our independence. But we have been a people who have come together to worship our dependence upon our God. In God do we trust. In God do we serve. In God do we believe. We need to realize tonight that we are by God's grace a privileged elite group. Yes, we are. Brother Brennan said, God passed over millions to bring this message to you. That ought to make you shout. God passed over millions, Brother Fred. Millions, Brother Keith. God passed over millions. He passed over millions to call me in an old barn down in Jonesboro. Oh, thank you, God. He looked down through time and he seen that you would believe his word. If you invite him, he will come. He always keeps his appointments. He never fails to keep his appointments. What brought Jesus? What brought Jesus to the Gadarians? What brought him there? He come all the way across a stormy sea. He fought 10,000 demons who swore they would drown him just to get there. Why? What brought him all the way across the sea to this country? It wasn't the mayor. Huh? What brought him there? Not the mayor. It wasn't an organization. It wasn't a denomination that invited him. But who invited this Jesus? Who invited him to the country? That the invitation was so good. Let that strike in our hearts tonight. The invitation was so great. That he stepped into a boat and crossed the stormy sea just to fulfill the invitation. Amen. Think about that. He could have, well, I, you know, I would have loved to come, but you know, we're calling for a category five hurricane and maybe I can get over there next week. I'll check my schedule and see. No! He got into the boat, hallelujah, knowing that the storm was coming, knowing that 10,000 demons would try to drown him. What drove him across that sea? Not the mayor, not an organization, but a maniac. Hallelujah, a maniac who ripped off his clothes and cut himself with stones. But in his heart, he was crying out for help. Somebody just like me, just like you. Oh, God. A maniac who was living in the tombs, cutting his flesh, ripping off his clothes. But he wanted help. He wanted help. And his cry for help touched the master. feel a little Pentecostal. His cry for help went all the way across the sea and touched the master. 
he heard he heard not with his natural ear but with the spiritual ear he heard his invite of faith what got his attention that man's faith the needy soul crying out for deliverance and Jesus on the other side of the sea heard his invite of faith he crossed the stormy sea to get to this man did you see my brother my sister Barak, don't you see if he would do that for that man he would do that for you but Jeremy he'd do it for you he'd do it for me think about it if he come across the sea for him what was his name anybody know his name they called him legion but that was the devil's talking the devil said they were legion oh god he come from glory the prophet said he had come from glory to one needy soul are oh, you hearing me tonight he will come from glory for one needy soul setting in this humble church tonight the same one that came to that maniac will come from glory to you tonight for one person in this building that has a need one person crying out for help one person wanting to be better one person wanting to be healed one person desiring a revival he will come to that one person that's the love of God that's the love of God amen he will pass by everybody in this building to come to you he passed by that whole city and just went to that one there's never any record that he ever went back to that city again that he never touched another soul in that city again just that one soul who was crying out He will come from glory to one needy soul tonight, sitting in this humble church. The same one that come to the maniac. I'm talking about the same one. Well, sometimes, sometimes I just sit and weep when I think that the same Lord Jesus, the same Lord Jesus that opened blind Bartimaeus' eyes, it's the same Lord Jesus that opened the blinded eyes of that girl in Jonesboro, Arkansas. It's the same Lord Jesus that opened Jessica's eyes, not a different one, but the same one. And I think that same Jesus, hallelujah, he stretched across all time. He stretched across all banners and all circumstances, showed himself the same. I am the Lord thy God, hallelujah. I am the Lord thy God who is all thy diseases. He come to me and he showed me I still open blinded eyes. I still make the lame walk. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same one. The same. If you get a visitation from Jesus, you're getting a visitation from the same one who came to this maniac. <laughs> He'll, listen to this, he'll every time come, he will every time come 
to where he's wanted. But he'll never come where he's doubted. So you see, what, what Satan desires to do the most is to cause you to doubt. Because as long as you doubt, Jesus will never knock on your door. Well, brother, I'm a believer. We're all believers. Huh? Everybody here believe Jesus can heal? How many believe Jesus can heal? That's not the barrier. But the barrier of doubt is when it comes, when the devil comes to you and says, yes, brother Fred, yes. He heals neck trouble. But he won't heal yours. Yes, he opens blinded eyes, but not yours. Yes, God heals cancer. Does God heal cancer? Absolutely, God heals cancer. Does he heal cancer, Brother Keith? He absolutely heals cancer. But the devil will come to you and try to make you doubt. Yeah, he'll heal, but he won't heal you. And he tries to lock you down. He tries to lock you up into a prison house of doubt, a barrier. But I say to you tonight, break that barrier of doubt and say, I love him. He hears me when I cry. If I cry out to my Lord, he will come to me. He said he would come to me. He said he would help me. He said he would deliver me. Hallelujah. I don't have to have money. I don't have to have education. I just need faith. He'll come every time to where he's wanted, but he'll never come where he's doubted. So if you're doubting him, just remember, he will never be at your door. Some people see Jesus every time they come to church. Some people never see him because their faith can't declare he's here. Good people. Love the Lord. They love the Lord, but they fail to recognize his presence. That little thin line of barrier, that little thin line of barrier of doubt hanging just above them leaves them with just a form of godliness with no power. Powerless Christians held in chains of doubt. Even though they say they believe. But I say to you tonight, there's enough of us here to break that barrier. Yes, sir. I was in Oklahoma a few weeks ago preaching there. There's a healer passing by. I think I preached it here years ago. But the Lord put it on my heart to preach. There's a healer passing by. And at the end of the service, people were just sitting. But I was waiting for somebody to catch the revelation that he was there. And all at once, this sister stood up. She goes, I'm healed. I'm healed. She's like, I had a, I had a tennis elbow. I couldn't even clap. I could hurt so bad to clap. It's gone. I'm healed. And as soon as she said that, as soon as that barrier was broke, others began to step through it. Others began to get healed. Don't you see, my brother, my sister, tonight, if one person can break through that barrier, it's unlimited to what God can do for us tonight. There wouldn't be a feeble one among us. There wouldn't be a depressed one among us. If somebody will break that barrier, others can follow. If you doubt him, just remember, he'll never be at your door. But if you love him, 
and you want him, he'll come anytime you call him. He's ready to come. He's ready to come. Huh? Amen. That's a wonderful feeling when people's ready to come. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble right here, oh Lord. <laughs> but what a wonderful feeling it is when your wife and daughter is ready to come to church. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. <laughs> when he's ready to come. He's ready to come anytime. You're ready to ask him and to receive him. But if you love him and you want him, he'll come anytime you call for him. For he's ready to come. Though we live in a nation that's rejected him. I am so glad that there's a people tonight who can call him on the scene. We find that God meets in great councils of men. Sometimes he meets in great large councils of men. We see once where he appeared before 500 brethren. Well, that would leave us out. I don't think there's 500 here. So if he only appeared before 500, he wouldn't show up tonight because we don't have 500. Then again, he appeared in the presence of 70. Well, that's more like it. 24, 12, 3, even to 1. He don't have to have 500 to come. He don't have to have 70 to come. He don't have to have 12 to come. He don't, oh my. He will appear before any honest heart. No matter how insignificant you may appear to be. You may think you're the least one here. You may come on somebody. You may, well, I can never get a hold of God. But let me tell you, he will appear before any honest heart. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be the pastor. You don't have to be the evangelist or the song leader. You can be the washed lady, a schoolgirl, a middle-aged, mid-grade girl. All you need is somebody with a sincere heart that will say, Jesus, I need help. Jesus. Come to me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Amen. Why would he do that? Brother Johnson, why would he do that? Because your soul is worth 10,000 worlds. Amen. The two on the road to Emmaus, they was walking with Jesus. Now that's nice to be walking with Jesus. Walking down the road of Emmaus, talking about the good things of God. And it got towards the evening time and they come up on an inn where they were going to spend the night. As well, this is, this is, this is where we're going to stop for the night and certainly enjoyed the talking. The prophet said Jesus went as though he was going to walk on. Yes, they were walking with Jesus, but they come to a place that they're either going to ask him to come in or he would walk on by himself. Huh? Now, a lot of people want to walk with him, but they don't want him in their heart. Huh? Oh, they want to be around what's happening, but they don't want the happening in them. 
So it come down to the end. Now it was getting the evening time. And the prophet said it was though that he would go on without them. But see, he makes out like that. They was going to go on by them. But they persuaded him to abide with them. They said, oh, come and abide with us. And when they gave him the invitation, he received their invitation. All they said was, you want to stay with us tonight? You see, friends, it's just simple faith. It's just simply taking God at his word. Sometimes Satan uses these barriers of, of this, of this, thee, thou, this, they, they thing or something or another that you have to pray or hold your hands a certain way or say so many thou's in your prayer. That's not what it is. The prophet said sometimes he doesn't even hear your words. He just sees the sincerity of your heart. All they said was, will you abide with us this evening? Will you stay with us? Listen, the prophet said he, he and he never, uh, he, oh, he coming to abide with us and he's never invited. He's never invited unless he comes. And when you invite him and open up the doors of your heart, Christ will always receive that invitation. He's waiting and longing and anxious. Listen to this. He's waiting and longing and anxious. Jesus is anxious to get the invitation from you. He's longing. He's anxiously awaiting. So you can stay in your gloom. You can stay in your gloom. If you want to stay in that prison house, just close the door. You can stay. It's your choice. Huh? You can look at your problem instead of the solution. Come on, somebody. You can get the molly grubs and get down because this is happening and that's happening because your family's doing this or your family's doing that. Or you can look to Jesus, the one who can straighten out every problem if you'll just give it to him. One of the hardest things to do is to fix a toy that your kids won't let go of. How many members of your kids come to you and say, Daddy, fix this right here. And you say, well, let go of it. And you want Jesus to fix your problem, but you won't let go of it. You've got to let go of it. You've got to give it to him. And if you can give it to him, you can walk away free. As long as you keep your problem, it'll be your problem. But if you can give it to Jesus, just see what he can do with it. You wouldn't believe what he can do with high blood pressure. You wouldn't believe what he could do with arthritis and nervousness and oppression and gloom. Come on, somebody. Don't you let the devil lie to you. Well, there ain't no hope for you, ain't He's lying to you. Why would you believe the lie of the devil? You know, people come all the time. You people come up for prayer. You know, they say, well, Brother Darrell, the devil told me this and the devil told me that. And the devil said this. And I thought, I wonder if they can quote one quote in the message. Well, all the time can tell you everything the devil said, but can't hardly say anything that God said through the message. I 
think it's time we quit listening to the devil and I think it's time we make the devil listen to us. I believe it's time that we tell him where he come from and we tell him where he's going and we need to do like Jesus did when he grabbed him by the throat and throw him down in the floor of hell and put his foot on his neck. You need to stop that devil under your feet. You need to tell that devil to shut up and sit down. Well, Brother Darnell, you shouldn't have said that. We teach our kids not to say, shut up. Well, I'm sorry, but this is not Mr. Rogers' neighborhood I'm talking about. You little kids don't tell your neighbor to shut up, but you can tell the devil. Be kind to your neighbor, but don't be kind to the devil. Don't go, oh, hallelujah. Don't give that devil one inch. Don't give him one inch of your time. You tell him, oh boy, I'm going to tell you where you come from. I'm going to tell you where you're going. And if you want to stick around, you're going to hear more of the same. I'm blood-washed, blood-born son of God. I was put here to overcome the devil. I'm not going down. I'm going up. Is anybody going with me? I'm going in a rapture. I'm going to claim my children I'm going to claim my brother I'm going to claim my sister I'm going to claim my family I'm not going to let the devil have any of them Amen Holy Mary Amen Listen to this He's waiting and longing And anxious to get an invitation if it's preaching the word oh, I love this quote I found it today it's so good if it's preaching the word if it's seeing his works if it's seeing the sunset or seeing the sunrise or watch the flowers bloom or the prophet prophesy or miracles or signs or whatever it is he's trying to speak to your heart to get in through the preaching, through the blooming of flowers, through the sunset, brother friend, through the sunrise, brother Sam. God will give us a, anybody ever took a picture of, a, you know, you, I know you do, you've posted them, I've seen them. Take a beautiful picture of the sunset. Say, oh man, I was at the ocean this afternoon, watch the sunset on, it's beautiful. And God allows you to see that because he's wooing you. He's, he lets you see that because he desires to get into your heart. Listen to this quote. He's waiting and longing and anxious to get an invitation. So he gives you preaching of the word. Seeing his works. Seeing sunsets. Seeing sunrises. Watch flowers bloom. Or a prophet prophesying. Or miracles. Or signs. Whatever it is, he's trying to speak to your heart to get in. I remember one time I was hunting in Kentucky. We was up in a ladder stand. It come a great storm. And I got down out of the tree and I, I made my way out into the field. And it was thundering and lightning. And I looked back over my back and there was a beautiful rainbow. And it was so beautiful, I just dropped my bow right there in the middle of a storm. I just threw up my hands and I started praising God. I said, oh God, there's no God like you. I was just right out there in the middle of a storm. 
And I get back to the truck and Brother Daniel Gessendetter, I said, I'm with Brother Daniel Gessendetter. He was sitting in the truck and opened up. I said, Brother Daniel, did you see that rainbow? He said, no, no, I was, I was answering a text. And something spoke to my heart. He said, who saw the rainbow? I said, I did. He said, it was for you. Beautiful sunrises, beautiful sunsets, beautiful rainbows just for you. Just for you. Tried to speak to your heart to get in. Do you know that? He says, do you know that? Do you realize that? And if you ask him to come in, he will come in. Come in and abide with us. Brother Harry, come. Brothers, come. He said, oh, oh, I couldn't ask him to come in. I've been a drunkard. I've been a gambler. The prophet says, I don't care what you are. I don't care what you are. I don't care what you've been. Ask him. Ask him. Don't let the devil hold your past over you. Don't let the devil tell you you can't raise your hands and praise God because you messed up sometime in your life. Don't you listen to that lying devil. So I couldn't ask him to do that. I've been a drunk. I've been a gambler. I'd be ashamed if you knew what I'd done. I'd be ashamed if you knew what I'd done. We all need grace, friends. I said we all need grace. If you can't amen that, you really need grace. I've been a drunk. I've been a gambler. I don't care what you are. Ask him. And find out. He'll come on your invitation. He will come on your invitation. He's never turned one down and he never will turn one down. He's longing and trying to get into your heart. I've been a street harlot. I've been a street harlot. I don't care what you've been. God is trying to work his way into your heart. Well, Brother Darrell, Okay, okay, Brother Darrell, I believe that now. What, 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 what am I supposed to do, Brother Darrell? I believe what you've told me. Now, what am I supposed to do? I'm so glad you asked that. God is trying to work his way into your heart. Okay, Brother Darrell, what am I supposed to do? Just say, come in, Lord, and abide with me. That's it. That's it. Nothing fancy. Nothing complicated. Just a sincere heart. Just a sincere prayer. God, let me be next. God, let that man turn and speak to me. God, have mercy on me. And the prophet said, he heard you. He heard your prayer. Simplicity. Never get above the simplicity of the gospel. God provided a lamb for our sins. And that lamb washed us white as snow and reconciled us back to our Father. That's the simple plan of salvation. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost.
For the promise is unto you and to your children, even as far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. Dr. Peter wrote that prescription, and it's never been canceled. God is trying to work his way into your heart. Just say, come in, Lord, and abide with me. So, brother, I'm sick. His little sister up there. Her father died about seven years ago. Her mother just died just a few weeks ago. Left three girls. And this sister come up to me at the camp. She said, I'm having terrible nightmares. I wake up screaming. She said, I was wanting to talk to you. I was going out the door and she called me. She said, I was wanting to talk to you. I said, sis, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you lost your mother. I said, but he'll take care of you. He promised he'd never leave us, nor would he forsake us. And I said, and he said in his word that when you lay down at night, you don't have to be afraid. And your sleep can be sweet. I said, will you receive that? Yes, she said. We prayed. Monday morning, she came running up to me. She said, Brother Darrell, I had the best night's sleep last night. I had the best sleep last night. Because he cares, Brother Wiz. Because he cares. He said, I'm sick. I'm discouraged. I'm scared. I'm alone. No. No, you're not. Just invite him in tonight. He's longing to come in. Don't ask him to leave. Don't ask him to leave you alone. Don't ask him to quit calling on you, to quit wooing you. Just surrender. Ask him to come in. I need you, Lord. Abide with me. Lord, I'm sick. Would you come and heal me? Lord, I'm discouraged. Would you come and lift me up? Lord, I, I, just, I, I, just, I just need a charge. My battery's weak. Could you give me a recharge? Well, just ask him. Just simply believe if you ask him. If you ask him to come, he will come. Well, I prayed, Brother Darrell, and I, I've already asked that. Not one thing's happened. See, you're basing it on feeling. You must base it on the Word. Your feelings have nothing to do with it. They will lie to you. Many people have shouted the church down and lived like the devil on Monday. Come on, somebody. Ask him to come in. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Would you come? Would you come, Lord? Would you abide with me tonight? If you're here and you have that desire, you have that need, there's plenty of room right here at the altar. If you want to make a stand and let the devil know that you mean business, let the Lord know, Lord, I'm really seeking you tonight. I'm believing with all my heart. You're welcome to step out of your pew and come down here 
and ask him to come in. It's your choice tonight. It's simply up to you as we bow our heads. Hallelujah. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Yes, I do, Lord. Yes, I do, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Yes, I do, Lord. We lift our hands and we bow our knees and we worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Anyone else want to come tonight? Oh, 
of these folks around the altar here. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Let that be your prayer to him tonight. Right now, he keeps all of his appointments. He'll come if you ask him. He's longing to touch you tonight. He's longing for your fellowship. I need you, Lord. Oh, yes, I need you, Lord. Right now. Oh, God. My prayer, Lord. Hear my prayer, Lord. I lift my hands and I bow my knees and I worship at your door. Don't pass me by. I need you, Lord. I need you. friends the same Lord God that went to Jairus's house the same Lord God that come down there in Jonesboro Arkansas straightened out that man's twisted up foot who'd been standing three days in the rain is the same Lord Jesus who's here at Happy Valley tonight he's just changed his mask he's just changed his mask he's alive and well he's right here among us now let your faith go for whatever you have need of tonight. Just lay that sickness down. Lay that fear down. Lay that oppression down. Don't let that thing get on you, young man. Satan's trying to put that on you. Don't you take that from him. Don't you take that from him. There's a God who loves you. He cares for you tonight. Just surrender that problem, that thing that's bothering you. Just let it go tonight. Just lay it right here at the altar, in your seat, wherever you're at. Just lay it right there tonight. And take his forgiveness. Take his deliverance. Take his healing like that young girl up in Chivac who screamed out, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. He's opened every prison door tonight. Every shackle has been unshackled at Calvary. He broke Satan's backbone at Calvary. And every redemptive blessing belongs to you tonight. It's in your possession. Just reach out and claim it tonight. Those of you in the altar, lay hands on one another. Those of you that's, that, that's, that's in your seats, lay hands on one another tonight. Brother West, where's Brother West? Brother West, come, brother. Would you come and pray over the people tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many believes God will hear Brother West's prayer tonight? How many believes God will hear your prayer tonight? Then let's pray together as a body, can we? Amen. God bless you, buddy. Amen. No truer words were spoken tonight, Lord, than, than that of the, the lies that Satan tells the people. As they seek deliverance, as they seek forgiveness, Lord, Satan lies. His voice is so loud sometimes, but sometimes we just have to break through and listen for that still small voice that says, I've already given you victory. You've already been given it. It's already yours. You just have to believe it by faith. You just have to walk into it. See yourself the way that God sees you and walk into that vision. Look at yourself through the eyes of the loving Father and know that that can be you. And that no matter what Satan says, no matter what lies he tells you, you can claim it because it's already been given and your name's already engraved in the promise. 
Lord Jesus, we claim the promise that you put before us. We know, Lord, that even on a personal level, like the sunset that speaks to the little sister, while she never knew why she was so drawn to those beautiful sunsets, and you were just telling her the whole time that you loved her and that you had a different plan for her life than Satan's plan of death and defeat. You had a plan of victory and forgiveness and grace for that brother who thinks he cannot be free let him see that the chains are already broken if he'll just believe it he'll just walk into that if he'll just take hold of what you've promised what you've given lord it's just a matter of receiving it in the name of the lord jesus lord jesus we stand together as one body one body one voice one accord one spirit in love and in truth believe in you believe in your word accepting what you've given us loving you for everything that you've done accepting the promise and not just accepting it but having the faith to believe it as though it's already accomplished so that we can walk right into it lord we love you we thank you for our brother we thank you for this word that you put on his heart tonight lord we believe lord that bondage has been broken we believe that slavery has been ended from some people's lives lord god we thank you we thank you for your great mercy we thank you for your great love, Lord Jesus. We know, Lord, that we, may, we don't carry any burden alone. We're never alone. We're never forsaken. We carry nothing alone. We're not alone. You're right there. We're not just with us, but in us all the time. We love you. We thank you. Lord God, let your blessing fall. Let it just fall like a curtain on the people tonight, Lord. Open blinded eyes, Father. Let revelation come where it's needed. We thank you, Lord. We thank you in the name of the precious Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me oh and like a flood His mercy reigns unending love amazing in grace my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me oh and like a flood His mercy the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. My chains are
just so thankful for his amazing grace tonight. Amen. Certainly appreciate the word of the Lord tonight. For Daryl pouring out his heart. Listen to our hearts. Listen to our hearts. Let's um, hear our spirit, hear our praises ring. I don't know what key it is. Let's sing that to the mic tonight as you're dismissed. Amen. Go believing. Amen. What you've received tonight. Amen. Let's just sing this as you go. Remember the service Saturday night. Listen to our hearts. Oh, hear our spirits sing. A song of praise that flows from those you have Listen to our hearts.